desperate, and you'll find it's, it's almost uh, it's real close to the end of the Old Testament. Haggai chapter 1 tonight. We've got a couple of fellows with us tonight from Rock of Ages. Brothers, if y'all would stand up and introduce yourselves to the congregation, please. Okay. Amen. Amen, brother. My name's Jerry Barker. I'm with Rock Lake Fisherman. I'm from North Carolina. I'm a coordinator down in North Carolina. All right. Good to have those folks with us tonight. Rock of Ages, give them a good welcome tonight. We're glad to have them here with us. Rock of Ages is a great ministry that God has used over the years to see a lot of folks saved. And uh, we're just thankful to have them in our service tonight. Appreciate y'all being here. They, came to, they said they came to see Brother Ken. I told him, Brother Kim, I must have heard they were coming. That's why he skipped town. Amen. Uh, Haggai chapter 1 tonight. We're going to just look at some thoughts out of these verses. And if we start reading in verse number 1, it says, In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, unto Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua the son of Josedek, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. They were supposed to be building the Lord's house, had been back in the land after their captivity for about 15 years now, and the people were, and the, the house of the Lord was not finished, and the people were saying, well, it, it's just not time for us to finish it yet. Verse 3, then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lieth waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Ye have sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. And once again, we see this phrase, consider your ways. He says, go up to the mountain, and bring wood, and build the house. And I will take pleasure in it. And I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith Lord of hosts? Because of mine house that is waste, and you run every man unto his own house. Therefore the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. And I called for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of the hands." These folks had, had left the house of God and they had gone to do their own thing. And God was speaking to them through Haggai the prophet and he was saying, hey, wait a second. You need to stop and think about what you're doing. And in our modern vernacular, we could probably translate it on, it's time for you to get a little bit of a checkup. And so I titled it tonight, Let's Get a Spiritual Checkup. Let's pray. Father, thank you once again for the chance to be in church tonight. We do ask now that you bless in this time as we look into your word. Would you challenge our hearts in this matter of having the right priorities and on making sure that we are doing the best that we can do for you? I pray that you would help us now. In your name we pray. Amen. If you've ever been to the doctor for a checkup, you know every, every once in a while they recommend that you go in and let them poke and prod you and analyze you to see if they can find anything wrong with you that you don't know about. And so you go in and, like I said, they poke and prod and analyze, they examine, they scrutinize you, they... They, they run all kinds of tests, and after a few hours, and in many cases a few hundred dollars, they will just tell you that you're feeling all right, something which you could have told them at the beginning and saved a lot of time 
effort and money. But checkups do have their place. Uh, it's possible to have something wrong with you and not realize it yet. And I'm sure checkups have saved lives and avoided further difficulty in a lot of different instances than in many folks' lives. I'm sure that they have been a good thing for them to go and get a yearly checkup or a checkup every five years or whatever maybe the doctor recommended for them. But you know, the same thing could be said for us spiritually. It does us good to stop periodically and take a good look at our spiritual lives, a priority inventory, if you will. We need to make sure that we are being the best Christian that we can possibly be and following God to the best of our ability. Now, these folks in this, in this uh, passage here, in this text, they were doing wrong. They had left God, and they were, they, were, they were focusing on their own things. And I don't really want to focus so much on that tonight as making sure that we are continuing to do what's right. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's a big problem necessarily in our church that, that we're leaving the things of God and going and doing other things. But every once in a while, we need to just stop, take a good look, and make sure that our priorities are in the right place, make sure we're doing everything God wants us to do, Make sure we are being everything that God wants us to be. Make sure that we are following God in the best way that we can. And tonight, we want to look at that. As I said, Haggai was a prophet to the restored remnant of Israel. Of course, they had been in captivity for 70 years, had came back into the land, returned to their homeland, and it was Haggai's mission to admonish and encourage those who were building the house of the Lord. Of course, when they came back, the house of the Lord, the temple, lay in ruins. And as they started and, this, uh, and, and the remnant came back, they started building the house of the Lord. And of course, there was opposition to that. You remember in Ezra and Nehemiah, it's in that same, type, uh, same time frame that we're looking at with Haggai. And uh, you remember the opposition that they had and, and people rose up against them. And they were able to keep going for a while, but finally the opposition had prevailed and there had been a decree from the government they were not supposed to build anymore. And so they left off building. They went to doing their own thing, building their own houses. But now the opposition had ceased. Now they did not have an excuse to, to focus on their own things, but they, they felt like they still had that excuse, and so they kept using that as an excuse for not, not getting their attention back on the house of the Lord. And Haggai was challenging him, and God was challenging him through him to consider their ways or to get a spiritual checkup. God makes some declarations in this text about this matter of priorities that I think we can take and apply to our lives. And I think we can find something in every passage of Scripture that we can apply, and I think that's the purpose of Scripture, because God wrote it in order that we might take it and use it in our lives. And as we look at this, and as we look at what God says here, consider your ways, get a spiritual checkup, take a good look at your life, and make sure you are being everything that I want you to be. Make sure your priorities are in the right order. Make sure your life lines up with this book. Make sure that God is first place in your life. And with that in mind, let's look at the first declaration I believe that God says in this. And first of all, I think that God declares the importance of the spiritual. The importance of the spiritual. You look at your handouts there, you can fill in the blanks. The importance of the spiritual. You look back at verse number 4 and 5 and a few other ones. It says, is it time for you to dwell in your sealed houses and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Thus saith the Lord, consider your ways. Verse 7, go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house and I will take pleasure in it. I will be glorified, saith the Lord. You looked for much and lo, it came to little. When you, and when, whatever you did get, when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is waste and you run every man into his own house. 
The first thing that God challenges us to do in this text, I believe, is to understand the importance that spiritual things should have in our lives. You see, as Christians, we cannot afford to get caught up in the things of this world or in the things of ourselves and allow the things of God to become of less importance to us. And I think the first thing God stresses here is, wait a second, if you're going to stop and get a spiritual checkup, the first thing you need to think about is how important are spiritual things in your lives. Do we make sure that the things of God take precedence over everything else in our lives? Do we make sure that God is first place? Do we make sure that our own desires take a secondary spot to God's desires? Do we make sure that our will takes less importance than the will of God for our lives? And I think that's the first step in getting a spiritual checkup. That's to make sure that our priorities are in the right order and that God is first place and the things of God are of the utmost concern in our lives. And as we look at this in these verses that we just read, I think first of all we see a proper positioning which kind of goes in line with what we've been talking about here. And he, ta- he says, is it time for you to dwell in your house and your house is all finished, your house is all ready to go and you're living in it, but my house still lies waste. My house still lies in ruins. The things of God need to be more important to us than the things of this world. There is no other position for the God who created this universe, for the God who created us, who formed us, for the God who saved us, for the God who has called us with a holy calling to be the best Christians that we can be. There is no other place in our lives for Him except number one. There's no other place that He fits. There's no other place that He goes into. It's like putting a square peg in a round hole. It doesn't fit because the only place God fits in our lives and fits right is in first place. And so as we look at this text tonight, I think we see the importance of the spiritual and the fact how we need to keep God in His proper place, and that is first place in our lives. A proper positioning, first and foremost. As the Bible tells us in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Not seek other things first. No, it says seek first the kingdom of God. And that's the way we need to be. We need to have a proper positioning. But secondly, I think another thing we see here is a provided pleasure. Because when we decide that we are going to put God first and put Him in His proper position, it pleases God. We provide God with pleasure. Look at what He says here. Verse 8, Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house. And what does He say? I will take pleasure in it. He said, if you will do what I want and if you will make me first place, you will provide me with pleasure. We should strive to always live in a manner that will be pleasing to God. This verse states that God is pleased when we put Him first. So that should be our goal. That should be our aim. That should be our purpose in life to make sure that God has first place because that will please Him more than anything else will. There's a lot of Christians running around today trying to do a lot of things. And they think by doing a lot of things, they're going to please God. And you know what? God is pleased when we do things for Him. No doubt about it. But the number one thing you and I need to be concerned about tonight is this. Is my life pleasing to God in this matter? Am I putting Him first? Do spiritual things have first place in my life? Do spiritual things have the utmost importance? Is God first place? Because as we do that, it provides God with pleasure. And you know what? That's what we're here for. We're here to please God. God created us so we would please Him. And so we'd be, He would be honored in our lives. And that leads us to the third thing that I see. Not only a proper positioning, making sure He's first place. Not only do we see a provided pleasure, the fact that when we put Him first place, it pleases Him. But thirdly, we see a promised product. We see what happens whenever we please God. What happens whenever God is first place in our lives? 
Verse 8, he says, And I will be glorified, saith the Lord. The product of us putting God first is this. God gets glory out of my life and out of your life. It pleases him, and he gets glory out of it. And since our lives were created in order that we might glorify him, this is what we were born to do. Nothing else will satisfy God or us as much as when we make the conscious decision that he will be first place in our lives. Here's, here's what happens. We make a decision. God, you and the things that are about you and the things you want me to do are going to be first place. If we make that decision, it pleases God, provides God with pleasure. But, and as God is pleased with our lives, then we see the third thing, that God gets glory out of it. And it falls right in line with this text. He said, put me first, I'll take pleasure, and I'll get glory. And that's what we should live for. We should live so that God will be pleased with our lives, and we should live so that God will be glorified in our lives. And the way that happens is this. We put God first. So let's get a spiritual checkup tonight. Let's take a good look at our lives. Let's make sure, number one, that God is first place in our lives. The importance of the spiritual. Someone asked John Wanamaker, and I don't know if I pronounced that last name right, but I think it's close enough. They said, how do you get time to run a Sunday school? And he ran a huge Sunday school and was very influential in the Sunday school movement. He said, how do you get time to run a Sunday school with your 4,000 scholars in addition to the business of your stores, your work as postmaster general, and other obligations? And instantly, here was his reply. He said, why, the Sunday school is my business. All other things are just things. 45 years ago, I decided God's promise was sure. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And he did a great work for God in the Sunday school movement. Why? Because he had his priorities in line. He said, everything else is just a thing. Sunday school is my business. The things of God are what concern me more than anything else. So a poem that I ran across in studying and searching for illustrations and things for this message, and it says this. It's entitled, God Counted Crosses. It says, I counted dollars while God counted crosses. I counted gains while he counted losses. I counted my worth by the things gained in store but he sized me up by the scars that I bore. I coveted honors and sought for degrees. He wept as he counted the hours on my knees. And I never knew till one day at a grave how vain are these things that we spend life to save. Folks, we need to make sure we are placing an importance on spiritual things in our lives. We need to make sure God has first place because that is the only thing that has eternal value. We can spend our life to get money. We can spend our life to get things. We can spend our life for pleasure and all the things the world has to offer. But when our lives are over with, none of that stuff goes with us. But if we will invest our lives in the cause of Christ, and if we will invest our lives in making sure that God is first place, then you and I will find some eternal value whenever we leave this earth. The importance of the spiritual. But let us move on to the second declaration. And I think the second thing we see is this. Not only the the importance of the spiritual, but we see the indifference of the saints we see the fact that these folks didn't care a whole lot about the fact that God's house was still in ruins the indifference of the saints verse 6 he says you've sown much and you bring in little you eat but you have not enough you drink but you're not filled with drink you clothe you but there's none warm and he that earneth wages earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes the indifference of the saints these folks had reached a place where they had grown calloused and they had grown indifferent and apathetic 
to the fact that they were away from God and had lost the right priorities. Like I said, they had been forced to stop building by opposition, but the opposition had ceased. They had no spirit to get back in the work and seemed glad to have an excuse not to do it. You ever meet people in the Christian life, and, and I've met them throughout the years, who are not serving God. And maybe at one time they felt they had a justified reason for doing so, but even if it was justified, and there's no justifiable reason for not serving God, but even if, if it was, the reason was like 15 or 20 years ago, and they really can't rely on it anymore, but they're still relying on something that happened that long ago is why they're not serving God. You know, the truth of the matter is, we need to be concerned about the things of God, and we need to be concerned that we are doing everything God wants us to do, and we are involved in everything God wants us to be involved in. Don't search for an excuse like these folks did to get out of serving God. Don't try to find something. Moses, remember he said, uh, God came into them in the burning bush and called him. And what Moses said, he said, Lord, I can't speak very good. And all you can see throughout the Bible, people making excuses as to why they couldn't serve God. But God's not looking necessarily for our ability. You've heard it said, God's looking for our availability. So we don't need to get indifferent to the things that he wants us involved in. They were indifferent. As I look at these verses, I see some things they were indifferent to. First of all, they were indifferent to their lack. There were some things they did not have. He says in verse 6, you've sown much, you bring in little. He said, you've been out there in the field. You've been working. You've scattered the seed. You've plowed the ground. You've watered it. You've fertilized it. You've done everything. But you know what? When the harvest time came, you didn't have a whole lot. He says, you looked for much. Lo, it came to little. They were working hard for the things that they wanted, but they were indifferent to the fact that they weren't getting them. They kept on year after year. They're out there sowing their seed. They're out there plowing the ground. They're out there doing everything they're supposed to do. But every year when harvest time comes, they're not getting a lot. And instead of turning their attention to God, the next year they go back out there, plow the ground again, sow the seed again, and still don't get a good harvest. And you know what? It didn't bother them. It ought to bother us when we're not getting everything that God has for us. And that's the way these folks were. They were indifferent to their lack, but they were indifferent, secondly, to their longings. As we look on in verse number 6, he says, You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there's none warm. Those are longings to have food and to have drink and to be warm. He said, You're not even getting that, but the fact, he said, You're not getting it, but you don't care about it. He said, You're eating, but you're not getting full. You're drinking, but you're not quenching your thirst. You're putting clothes on, but you're not getting warm. He said, Those are longings that you have, but you're indifferent to the fact that they're not satisfied. And I fear today that many Christians have reached the place where they're, they're, used to, they're getting used to a subpar existence as Christians. They're getting used to a below normal and a below average existence as children of God. You know what? We have some great privileges as, as Christians. We have some great rights and some great wonderful blessings as Christians. But too many of us, we fall short of getting those blessings because we don't take a spiritual inventory. We don't get a spiritual checkup every once in a while. And we start letting the things of God slide in our lives. And you know what happens? We start losing things. We lack some things. Our longings aren't being satisfied. And then their loss is the third one. He that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Not only were they not getting what they wanted and needed, but they were losing what they had. And they didn't care. As I said, they had gotten used to a subpar existence. They had gotten used to living a Christian life that was not what God intended for them to live. 
Here's what he's saying. Look, get a spiritual checkup. Look, your longings are not being satisfied. You're trying to get all these things and you're not getting them. And what you are getting, you're losing them. Let's take a good look. Let's make sure you got things in the right priority and the right importance. I ran across some stories today, some various headlines or storylines about indifferent people or apathetic people, people that just didn't care. In New York City, a mailman who was shot by a sniper was ordered from a building lobby because he was bleeding on the floor. They told him to get out because he was bleeding on the floor and didn't offer to help him. In Oklahoma City, a woman gave birth unexpectedly on a city sidewalk. Bystanders turned their heads. A taxi driver looked and then sped away. A nearby hotel refused to even give her a blanket to sit on the sidewalk on or to lay on the sidewalk. In Dayton, Ohio, a dozen people saw a woman drive her car into the Miami River. She climbs on top of the car and screams that she cannot swim, but no one goes to her aid and she drowns. A young woman was murdered on the street in a New York residential neighborhood. 38 neighbors watched the 30-minute assault from their windows, but no one moved to help her. And we hear those things and we think, how callous and cold do you have to be? And how indifferent do you have to be that you see something like that happen and you don't try to do something about it? But yet I fear that in my own life, sometimes I get that way about spiritual things. That's why we need to get a spiritual checkup every once in a while. That's why we need to stop and take a look and say, hey, do I have things in the right priority? Am I losing some things and I, I hadn't been paying attention to it? So many incidents like that have happened that the Chicago Sun-Times Library created a special file marked apathy. And that's where they file all these stories. We do not need to have this attitude in life, but we especially do not need to be indifferent when it comes to the condition of our spiritual lives. These folks here, they, they, they got to a place where they didn't care. They were so wrapped up in their own things that they didn't care that the house of God was not finished. They had lost the fact that spiritual things are important. They had lost sight of the fact that, that there was blessings God had for them that they were missing out on. But as we move on to the third declaration, I think we see this, the implication of Scripture. For those who look at verses 9... 10 and 11 he says you looked for much and lo it came to little when you brought it home I did blow upon it why because of mine house that is waste and you run every man to his own house and he says so the heaven is stayed from dew the earth is stayed from a fruit I called for a drought upon the land upon the mountains and upon all these things God implies some very solemn truths in our life in these verses that we can we would all do well to take heed to in our lives there's some, there's some things here that God says, hey, this is serious business. This is something I want to make sure that you understand. It is important for us to make God important because there are some things that, that begin to happen in this, in this text that we see. And first of all, we see what I call a serious displeasure. You see, God was angry about their attitude. If there's one thing I don't want said about my life, it's that God got mad at me. I don't want God angry with me. I don't want God unhappy with my life. I don't want God to be dissatisfied with the way I live. I want my life to please Him. I want my life to glorify Him. I don't want my life to bring shame to His name. But that's what was happening here. God said, I'm upset about this. I don't mind you running to your house. I don't mind you fixing up nice things. I don't mind you doing all the things you're doing. But what I do mind is you've done all those things and you've forgotten me. 
There was a serious displeasure, but secondly, there was a sovereign decision. You see, God in His sovereignty and in His control, He says, when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. I called for a drought, He said in verse number 11. He said, the things you were bringing home, He said, what you put in your pocket had a hole in it. You were losing it. Anything you kept out, He said, I was blowing it out of your life. God's upset about this whole thing. And I think God is no less upset whenever we fail to make Him first place in our lives. A serious displeasure, a sovereign decision, God decided to start withholding blessings because they would not put Him first. And I believe many Christians today are missing out on God's best because they've either refused to put Him first or they have allowed something else to take over first place in their lives. Let's get a spiritual checkup tonight. Let's make sure that we've got God first place in our lives. Let's make sure that the things of this world have not surpassed the things of God on our priority list. The third thing is a specific denial. In the last note there, he says, The heaven is stayed from dew, the earth is stayed from a fruit. I call it for a drought upon the land, the mountains, the corn, the wine, the oil, that which the ground bringeth forth upon men, upon cattle, upon all the labor of the hands. There was a denial of the things that they needed most. They needed these things. God not only withheld blessings, He began withholding things that they needed. And there's no question that our lives will begin to suffer when we allow God to slip from His rightful position in our lives. How many people do you know in this church and other churches, friends of yours, people you've heard about, lost sight of the fact that God should have been first place. They started letting everything else get in their lives. Started letting everything else control them. Everything else began to take over the priority list. And before long, you started seeing the effects of it in their lives as the blessing of God was no longer on them. They started needing things and God was saying, wait a second, I can't do that if you are going to refuse to put me first. It's a very serious thought, a very, very sobering thought for me. As I've thought about this over the last few days, I've tried to look at my own life. Say, God, am I, am I, am I putting you first in everything? Is there something that has usurped your authority in my life? That's what a spiritual checkup is all about. And I think every once in a while we need to do that. We need to make sure God is first place. We punish our children when they fail to do right. And I think justice of God cannot allow him to go unpunished, not allow sin to go unpunished either. So let's do a spiritual checkup tonight. By way of application, I've put three questions on the screen. Here they are. Number one, questions we need to ask ourselves in application to this message. Are the things of God the most important things in my life? Are the things of God the most important things in my life? Is God first place? Number two, am I concerned about having the right priorities in my life? If priorities are out of line, it needs to bother us. Are we concerned about those things? Are we concerned about making sure that God stays first place? 
And here's the third one. Am I missing out on some blessings of God because I don't have the right priorities? Am I missing out on some blessings because I don't have the right priorities? Some of you writing that down will let you do that. But by way of application, ask yourself these questions. Is God first place? Do I care if He stays first place? Do I, am, am I making sure of that? And then am I, is there some things I'm missing out on because God's not first place? Just a challenge to our hearts tonight. Consider your ways. Let's get a spiritual checkup. I've had to do this the last few days. God, am I, do I have things in line? Am I where you want me to be? And we all need to do that every once in a while. Let's get a spiritual checkup. Make sure, number one, God's first place. Make sure we do care about keeping God first place. And let's make sure we get all, everything God has for us. God wants to bless us, but He can't bless us if we don't put Him first. So let's do that. Take your prayer sheets if you would, and we'll over our prayer list tonight and then have an altar of prayer. Again, let's make sure we remember our pastor this week. See, as a way, he'll be back in on Monday, as far as I know. So continue to uh, remember him in prayer. Lord willing, I'll be preaching Sunday morning and Terry will be preaching on Sunday night. So be in prayer for us as we prepare for Sunday. A couple of special requests we want to add uh, tonight to the prayer list. A fellow by the name of Landon Pyatt. Last name is spelled P-I-A-T-T. This is Edith Brooks' nephew. He's having knee surgery on Friday. So uh, if you would please remember him in prayer. And then uh, Mike West's aunt passed away this week. He'll be going to the funeral tomorrow. And so would you remember the Mike's family in your prayers uh, over the next few days also. Uh, Missionary of the Week, Bill and Cindy Murdoch there in Costa Rica. That's where Brother Ken is. Preaching their 25th anniversary services. So uh, be in prayer for them. And then our Church of the Week, the Memorial Baptist Tabernacle over in Rossville, Brother Douglas Hawkins. This is uh, Kevin Hawkins' dad who pastors down there, a good brother in Christ, serving God down there, doing the best that he can. And so remember, Brother Hawkins, in your prayers this week. Park Ridge, I mentioned earlier, Miss Irma um, broke her leg over the weekend, and she is uh, at Park Ridge, underwent surgery today. So uh, pray for her, please, if you would. Help South Leonard Graham. He is uh, going through rehab and doing well doing really well, uh, surprising the doctors and everybody else. And uh, so continue to remember him in prayer. Miss Dora Rebels went into the hospital today, one of our shut-ins. So please remember her in prayer and John Parks. That's Lisa Bennett's dad. And then remember Betty Hall. This is Miss um, Delcy Hall's daughter-in-law. And uh, then uh, Joe Ray, Peggy Falls' sister, is in Birmingham. And, of course, our sympathy to the family and friends of Miss Delcy Hall. Um, also to James and Woody Warren, the death of their sister. So um, just remember... Uh, of course, Miss Delson, we had that funeral on, uh, on uh, Monday. And uh, just remember that family in prayer. Her son is really having a tough time with it. Um, he got to have his mom a lot longer than most people do. She was, I think, 94. So uh, just remember, uh, his name is Kenneth. Remember him in prayer. And it's his wife that is in Hutchison at this time also. So he's going through a lot of things right now. And remember him in prayer if you would. Remember, of course, all those other requests that are on the back of our prayer sheet. Remember them if you would. And uh, let's, right now, let's come to the altar and have an altar of prayer. Pray for these requests. Pray for the Murdochs. Pray for our preacher down there in Costa Rica. Pray for Memorial and uh, Brother Hawkins down there in Rossville. Pray for the folks in our hospital list. And let's make sure that we get a spiritual checkup tonight. Ask God to show you if there's anything out of line in your life that may need to be readjusted. And if we can get it readjusted, then God will 
definitely begin blessing you in greater ways. Let's pray. Father, what a joy it is to have your word, to be able to share your word, to be able to learn from your word and be challenged from your word. I pray that you might help us tonight to consider our ways. Just make sure that we're in line with you. Make sure that our priorities are adjusted right. Make sure that everything is right in line with what you want for our lives. And if there's something out of line, would you help us, Lord, to work on that? Would you work on that in our lives and help us to get it back in line? Father, we do pray for these requests tonight. We pray for Mike's family and the loss of an aunt. Now we pray for Miss Edith's nephew facing surgery this week. We pray for the Murdochs and the Ramses in Costa Rica. Brother Ken, as he's down there preaching this week, Lord, would you bless the services? And please put a hedge of protection and help around them. We pray for Memorial Baptist Tabernacle and Brother Douglas Hawkins. We ask you, Lord, that you would bless that ministry. Strengthen Brother Hawkins and his wife and his family for the work that you've got for them to do down there. And Lord, we pray for those in the hospital. Think of Miss Irma. Think of Leonard Graham and John Parks and Miss Dora Revels and God, all our other folks that are in the hospital. And God, we do pray for Miss Delcy's family. We pray, Lord, that you would be with them and help them. God, these other requests that are on here, all of our shut-ins, all the ministries of our church, our folks that are sick, not doing well. We pray, God, that you'd work in each of their lives, and I pray that you'd bless them and help them. Father, we want to thank you tonight that you love us. Thank you that you care about what goes on in our lives. Thank you that you are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our adoration. And we pray that you would help us to put you first in our lives. Make sure that you are Lord. Make sure that you are first place. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for what you're going to do in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Again, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for coming out at midweek service. And uh, Lord willing, we will see you on Sunday. Except for those involved in faith, we'll see you tomorrow night. Shake hands of fellowship on the way out.